to the Building Families podcast, the official podcast of Surrogate Alternatives, where we talk about building families through surrogacy and egg donation and provide insights, tips, and advice. With over 20 years of experience in building tomorrow's families today, SAI has been the premier surrogacy agency in San Diego County. Broadcasting live from our offices in beautiful Chula Vista, California. Now, here's your host of the Building Families podcast, Damien Omeda. So, hey, everybody, this is Damien Omeda, and welcome to the Building Families podcast, the official podcast of Surrogate Alternatives Incorporated. I am here in the beautiful island of Oahu, and it is absolutely magical. We're doing a special podcast. Um, from the North Shore of Oahu. And as you can hear right now, the waves are crashing. You can't see it, but it is a beautiful (laughs) sight out there. And it's just, I mean, the water just looks gorgeous. The weather, um, everything about it is just pure island. And I'm here with a very special guest. Many of you know that we've had um, surrogates who have told their stories. And so now we wanted to bring someone special and tell her story. And we have Brittany Payne on today. Brittany Payne is an egg donor with Surrogate Alternatives. And Brittany, can you uh, let everybody know uh, kind of how many times you've been an egg donor and a little bit about yourself? How's it going? Absolutely. Uh, Well, today is beautiful, as Damien just said. My name is Brittany Ann Payne. I am 26. I live here in North Shore, Oahu, in Hawaii. And I have been an egg donor with Surrogate Alternatives for four times successful, and I am super happy about it. I'll be doing my fifth at the end of this year, and it is it is perfection. And I'm super thankful I get to do this, and I'm grateful that you're here, Damien. I oh, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, it did for people that don't know, like the behind the scenes of what goes on. <laughs> um, you get to hear the podcast, you know, and you get to hear it in the comfort of your home or your office or in your car. For those of you that see the video, you see Brittany, you know, just sitting there, kind of <laughs> smiling at the camera. But you don't know the behind the scenes yeah. and what it took to get to where we're at no. right now. So as uh, we had a little uh, little snafus, but we're here now, and that's what's awesome about it is that uh, we get to tell your story, and mm-hmm. that's why we're here in Hawaii. Uh, when I t- was told that I had the chance to kind of talk to you, I was uh, I was happy because we never had an egg donor ever tell their story, and we get a chance to hear your story now. And like I said in the beginning, we have surrogates who tell us their story of you know, why they wanted to become surrogates. So now we kind of want to hear the egg donor side, which is a very good treat because a lot of egg donors are private. And so um, it is a very good treat that we get a chance to hear your side. So let's start from the beginning. So tell me what, I guess, why did you want to become an egg donor? I think I was 18 years old and I was super stubborn in my (laughs) almost 20s where I didn't want children. I have Right now, I've got 10 nieces and nephews, and I've seen the chaos, and I thought to myself, you know what, children isn't for everything, so I looked into donating my eggs, and I went through a couple of different websites, and I ended up choosing SAI, which I'm so happy I did. Um, I got a phone interview with a couple of the women there, and then before I knew it, it took about a couple months, sometimes it's lengthy to get chosen, about five months, and then I got a phone call saying that a couple was interested in me. And I remember the feeling of, oh my goodness, someone wants my, my offspring, which is kind of unreal, but I'm glad I did it. And I've done it at 18, 19, and 20, and then I took a four-year break, and I started again this, uh, this past January, and I'm doing another one in the fall. That's awesome. Uh, 
For those that are interested in egg donation, let's take them through kind of the process because it's not a sign on the dotted no. line, next thing you know, you're an egg donor, no. and next thing you know, there's a baby somewhere. Um, <laughs> let's, let's take it from the moment you found surrogate alternatives. What okay. kind of drew you to surrogate alternatives? Um, you know what? I think I had a phone call with Anne, and okay. it sealed the deal for yeah. me. So Anne's pretty amazing. Someone being very personal and wanting to you know, answer any questions I had, not being pushy, was super important to me. Um, but the process was a lot of tests personality, IQ, um, a lot of tests, which are so important in the end, it seems lengthy. Um, the women that are donors kind of end up in a catalog per se. And if you can imagine, there's hundreds of thousands of girls, so it might take a while for someone to choose. I thought no one would ever call me. I'm blonde, blue-eyed, who cares? There's plenty of me out there. And when I did, it really mattered whether I was right or left-handed. It mattered what I did in school. It mattered how you know, my affected um, IQ test turned out. So. From the process of getting chosen, it went into about a month long. You had to do your contracts, you have to do with your lawyers, you have to get um, seen by the doctor, make sure everything's going well inside. Um, you start injections, two weeks later you have the retrieval, and then I would say one to two weeks after you're back to work and life is gravy again. <laughs> See, that's pretty awesome. Um, can you, I guess when you're in, when you go through the process, and it has to be as detailed as it is, yes. because if you're coming from the other side as a parent choosing an egg donor, you want to make sure everything's, you Everything. know, you want your child to be perfect. Everybody right, does. Right, right. Um, and a lot of them come in, you know, with choosing, trying to choose, like you said, a catalog of people. Right. So it's hard because you want to choose the perfect person. There's and so, so many to choose from. <laughs> there's so many to choose from. It's so hard. So it's like you take an IQ test and you see the photos, but you don't know the spirit of the person right. or the heart of the person. Um, did you get a chance at all to kind of meet with your egg donors? Um, so my intended parents, the very first couple. I mean, your egg, did I say egg donor? I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're talking about. Parents, sorry. Um, what was really magical about my journey as an egg donor is the very first couple that chose me actually flew from overseas to Los Angeles to meet me um, because I was kind of, you know, on the edge. I'm 18 years old. I'm unsure. They flew before I even said yes to meet me, and it was so it's so wonderful meeting them because we're still in contact today. And they convinced me. I said yes, and they have flew out. They've flown out for um, the retrieval myself for the births of each of their children. Um, I've, they've flown in to go to Disneyland to meet me with the kids, and wow. it's super super special. But. Um, they are my favorite, honestly. I have to have, everyone's got a favorite child. I'm a favorite um, egg donor uh, retrieval. So it was really special for them to get to know me as a person because not only they are taking my offspring as an egg, they're taking my, my morals inside, my personality, my attributes, my habits. It all comes with the package and that's what people don't realize. They're not picking the blonde, blue-eyed, 5'10 girl. They're picking someone who has a soul and has a, a, a heart. So yeah. it kind of goes down to the wire and what they're choosing. And from what I can tell, you know, being with you for the last couple hours, meeting you, you're an awesome person. <laughs> you have a great personality. You're definitely somebody who can, uh, you know, is easy to talk to. And and I can see why uh, the intended parents chose you. So it's awesome that, um, that you're a part of SAI. And it's awesome that you got to go through that process. Um, again, for other people who just kind of don't know the process, mm -hmm. can you give us a little bit about the technical part? Not too much, but there are injections involved. Right. There are... Um, <laughs> It's my favorite part to yeah. talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, our, our surrogates, I don't know, I, I said this in a different podcast, but there was a photo of a surrogate who was having a transfer, and the transfer 
uh, I guess she was having a transfer and then she had injections and they, she put it into a heart and there was like 80 like injections. It was like super crazy. Whoa. So yeah, so can you kind of tell us, I guess a little bit of what, what you go through as an egg donor? Absolutely. With the four times I've done it, they've all been very consistent and routine. So once you give one time, you're pretty used to it. Um, I am a scaredy cat, so I don't have any tattoos, barely any piercing, so needles um, kind of frighten me. These injections that the fertility drugs have to go through are very, very easy, very, very simple. I do them on my own. I've done them on my own each time. Um, you just have to be very dedicated and listen to your doctor, and it goes very smoothly. People kind of freak out about, oh, what if I do this? The instructions and those that are willing to help you are always at hand, only a phone call away. And that's really amazing with SAI is that if I need anything, I can just text them. Be like, oh my gosh, I forgot this. And they're willing to help no matter what time of day it is. Um, it's not bad. You only do the injections for less than two weeks up and leading to the retrieval. Before then, you're monitored um, at a clinic, which again, is very easy. You just have to be dedicated and know what you're getting yourself into. It's, it's not hard. It's more of a, uh, a commitment that takes more than just your mind. Awesome. See, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a great process that you go through and it's a technical process. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, like I said, think it's just a quick sign on the dotted line. <laughs> Next thing and you know, <laughs> yeah, and then there's a baby for no. the parents. Um, you spoke about the support that you had at SAI. Can you talk a little bit about the support that you get when you're an egg donor um, going through that process? From SAI? From SAI. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So they know that without these goodies, they can't make a baby. <laughs> so it's their, every, every person in that office is so wonderful. Um, whether you're emailing them, calling them, or texting them, they know that you're probably one freaking out, too scared or upset or emotional because we are pretty much on fertility drugs making us crazy. Right. So they're very patient with me. Um, it makes it easy. I have this past donation I did in January in 2018. Um, I unfortunately didn't have any sh a chaperone to watch over me. They had canceled of an emergency. And I had three of the women from SAI actual office drive to the hospital, make sure I was clothed, took my car, um, drove me to the hospital, wow. and then drove me back to my hotel, and then got me food and just hung out with me while I was <laughs> under the influence <laughs> of anesthesia. Um, they're, they're very loving individuals, uh -huh. and they care about the donors. They care about every process it takes. Uh, every step, they're there, and so you're never feeling alone, which is, which is easy to feel when you're going through this, but they're always there. That's awesome to hear. It's always good that you have a support system, and that's something that we always kind of tout especially at SAI, Absolutely. just to having that support system, whether it's, you know, your family, um, you know, husbands, brothers, sisters, and then the, the uh, support system also at SAI. If you don't have the support system at home, you definitely have us on your side. And so that's the good thing to hear. And so it, it's always heartwarming to hear that three girls, three yeah. of our, our team members yeah. were there they for were you. They were quick. They're like, we'll be there in five. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was really nice. So tell me a little bit about, I guess, the relationship that you have, um, because not everybody's the same. No. Uh, there, there are girls who choose to stay anonymous. There are girls who kind of just, you know, want to give their eggs and don't want to kind of know anything else. Why did you want to kind of continue to have that relationship with um, your intended parents? So I will tell you an interesting story. My very first um, couple for intended parents, the ones that flew overseas to meet me, um, I'm still in contact with them on the weekly uh, basis, mainly because they want, they asked me if I would be involved with their children's lives, um, which if you think about it, is very special. Um, I was all for it. 
just because I don't think I'm going to have children in this lifetime. But they have pictures of me in their house, and they just know me as Brittany or Aunt Brittany. I know one day that uh, those kids are going to come and ask how did they come to be. And I'm ready for that whenever they're willing to come to me. They're not at that age yet, so I'm waiting. Um, but it is, it is interesting. You kind of have to know your basis and your boundaries. And um, right. there's, of course, um, legal contracts that go state where you're allowed to, but it also has to be an agreement in total. Um, so postcards and Facebook messages and um, Christmas cards are always a switch back and forth. I do have a couple that was completely anonymous. Um, it saddened me a little bit, but then again, I know that they want their privacy and they probably want their privacy for their family. And I completely respect and understand that. So I was just hopeful I could send a letter with um, my case manager at the time, send a letter to the parents that way they just, you know, signing anonymously that I was thankful I got to help them create a family. Um, and that was it. So it kind of, it seals the deal and it's kind of sad, but I know that they're out there growing and being loved by their parents. So. It, uh, it is a good balance, so you can be anonymous, you can be open. I don't talk about it regularly online on my social media platforms, but um, when I do mention that I'm at the agency or a hospital, IVF, I have girls messaging me all the time wondering, and so it's a good way to be proactive and telling them, like, this is how you can do it, and this is what's going on, kind of like this video, <laughs> right. but more of in a text form. So yeah. uh, it's great. It's a great idea to be anonymous, but it's also wonderful to be involved. Yeah, and it's it's also great because, as I said before to other girls or surrogates, you kind of become an ambassador yeah. to, to it. I know that a lot of people don't know too much about egg donation. Right. They don't know too much about no uh, surrogacy. <laughs> yeah. And so they always have kind of a stereotype associated right, with right. these things. And so it's always good that you can break those barriers by talking to them and kind of say, no, that's actually not you know, true. Yeah. Or, yeah, this is exactly how it is. And it's always good that you kind of, your friends, you know, each one, each one, teach one, you know, yeah, you start teaching them, you know. Every time I say I'm an egg donor, they say, oh, you've had a baby? And I'm like, that's not it. That's the surrogate. <laughs> right. They have no idea. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is what I do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about knowledge, dropping knowledge on them. <laughs> right. So you do, so you do have that open relationship with them. And I think it's great. Um, my wife specifically, she's been an egg donor several times. And so on our side, we have her egg donor babies who you know are on her social media platforms as well mm -hmm. and they'll email her and they'll tell them how they're doing and um, we've even had um, one of her egg donor babies come stay with us for the summertime oh. and hang out and it's always fun because um, they have such sweethearts all of them and then not only that but you get to see, like you said, like you and I were talking offline, the little nuances that you have. Yes, the that, habits. Yes. You're like, where did you get that? I've never. <laughs> I saw my my first couple's children. Um, he was, I think, five and a half. I saw him at Disneyland, and I haven't seen him in about two years. And he's sitting there, and he's doing something, and I like look, and I'm like, I do that. Like, how how is this happening? You're not around me, but it's it's wild to hear stories from the parents, like of how they act at home or what classes they take. And I'm like, that is me as a small child and I don't have any children personally so to see that it's kind of mind-blowing yeah <laughs> you don't think that they can you know take your habits but it takes everything you see and there you go about life because it's like you have your, your the embryo and you know it's part of you right you know and that's that Every little piece bit. yeah and so you get to see them do the, the little nuances whether they, you know they crinkle their eyebrows a certain way mm -hmm. or you know they touch their nose a certain way mm -hmm. oh wait a minute i do the same yeah, thing yeah wait so, a minute yeah <laughs> that one's mine <laughs> so it's kind of cool and you know you did say that um 
you know, on a personal level, you said that children maybe at this point weren't in the future for you, mm-hmm. but it's good to see, you know, what to sit back, like. yeah, what they <laughs> what they might look like in the Make future. Make some good looking babies. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, tell me on a personal level, um, what do you feel you've gained from being an egg donor? Wow. Wow. So what I've gained is a. I guess it more goes in the topic of not having children because I've never seen that for myself and gaining the knowledge of parts of me being loved very much um, by those that needed a family and couldn't make a family and to help those. I think a piece of my heart goes to them and it kind of gains a little bit of being full inside. And I think that's what it ultimately sees like, you know what, Um, I moved out when I was really young and I didn't have the greatest childhood, but I'm able to give another second um, chance at a happy childhood to these children and that it makes me overjoyed like it makes me so full so I love every one of them (laughs) yeah and you get to help a family yeah you you get to help and that's the thing about surrogacy and egg donations you get to help a family who otherwise you know they're having fertility issues you know and they would never ever you know be able to have this completed family if it wasn't for you right and if it wasn't for a surrogate um, they wouldn't have that family. So the fact that you are walking this earth right now yeah. and you have, you know, like you said, offspring, you have egg donor babies out there and they're with families and there's a legacy that you left, you know? So it goes super deep into the fact that you have a, um, that you've left a legacy on this earth, you know? And so to do that is so special. I think um, it takes a special kind of person to do it. And I think you, you become humbled by that, like you said, it touches you deep in. Gives inside. you kind of a strength. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, this wind, though. <laughs> I know, this wind's killing us, right? Welcome to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that people don't get to see, like I said in the beginning, is where we're at. I am going to put a video up there so people can see kind of like what we were doing. Yeah. Um, but it is gorgeous out here, but the wind is a killer, so. <laughs> it's, you better know, yeah. it's better than the rain. It's better than the rain. It was raining this morning. <laughs> So we're on the podcast right now, and if you're listening and you hear those waves crashing, at nighttime, these waves will definitely put you to sleep. So hopefully... Uh, hopefully you're awake right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's bearable for you guys. So um, like I said, Brittany is here you know, on the Building Families podcast. She's telling us her wonderful story, and we are so happy about that. Um, I think with everything, and I want to kind of... I'm jumping around a little because we usually... T- we had talked about uh, surrogacy and that there's some complications sometimes. Um, I know my wife specifically had some issues during her egg donor. Yes. Were there any complications on your side, or her egg donation? Were there any complications on your side? So they do happen. Um, it's you're dealing with your insides and your ovaries, so it's it's it can happen, and it's not an extreme emergency or issue. Um, my second retrieval, I did hyperstim, which is where um, your body kind of goes in freakout mode because it has an overabundance of eggs. And when they retrieve them and lose them all at one time, your body kind of freaks out and shuts down. Um, it freaks me out the time, but it, it does happen. But the doctors that SAI works with and the doctors that I've used with my retrievals, they know how to handle it. So you're always in good hands, but it is kind of scary. Um, I, I don't think I've had any um, complications or issues with it. Sometimes it is hard for girls to understand when you're donating is that the post-op um, recovery sometimes can take a lengthy time for others versus um, myself. When you do them back to back, you're kind of not going to bounce back as usually. 
Um, I work in an industry where I have to be physically fit in a certain size all the time, and that is kind of hard when you're doing retrieval, but you have to pick and just commit. So um, when I do the donation, I'm very healthy, and you kind of just stay on track. It doesn't swell you. It doesn't make you look crazy. It's just more of you have to let your body kind of mold back into its place, just right. as a pregnancy would. You're not holding a baby, but uh, the fertility drugs do kind of um, bloat you a bit. So just taking it easy, listening to your doctor, you'll get back to size in no time. Awesome. If you do have, you said you had nieces and nephews. Do they know <laughs> that they have, no. that, aunt had, that auntie has no. any? No. I tell my family, uh, I've not told any of my nieces and nephews. Um, my sister knows that I've donated once. Um, but as far as my family, they don't know. Yeah. I keep it pretty private when it comes to them. Um, the girlfriends that I know that have known that I've done this, they are also donors, which makes me really happy because oh, they were awesome. so interested in what I did and they all helped me through it or they saw what had happened. They reached out and went to SAI and they've donated. All of my girlfriends have done it, have done it once and that was it because they just couldn't. They're like, okay, I'm done. I put my mark on the world and we're ready to rock and roll. But. Um, I keep it pretty private, unless those are girls out there that are curious. I keep it under wraps. It takes a special person to do that. And I, I mean, the fact that you've done it multiple times, you know, not only, you know, does it take a person, um, you know, does it take a toll on you, you know, emotionally sometimes, because you're going through that medication. Sometimes oh. you're not the nicest person when you're <laughs> under that medication. Emotion, emotion, a displacency is so real. Yeah. Like I took out the trash one day and I just started crying. It happens. For those that have had babies and have been pregnant, you know what I'm talking about. We kind of go through the same thing, but very, very short period of time. Boyfriends usually just put up with you and like, you can, you can milk it and baby it for a bit, but you won't feel crazy. Two days max, I promise right. you. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I just wanted to say thank you uh, for being on the, uh, for being with us here in Hawaii. I mean, this is a beautiful location to be. Um, so like I said, I jumped at the chance. I'm on vacation out here. I said, <laughs> you know what? Let me uh, devote some time to, to interviewing our first egg donor. I'm glad it was you, thank uh, you. because you are definitely uh, you definitely come off as an amazing person, thank and um, I really am touched by what you've done for other families, especially families who are, are suffering from fertility issues. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to say thank you from, not only from me, for, but from SAI as well. Uh, one other thing before we end it, you did say you're doing it again, right? Yes. Okay, do you have uh, the intended parents lined up? Or yes. Oh, you do? It is more of on a base, because I'm now in Hawaii, I have to get to um, San Diego. So it's mainly just waiting on the blackout dates, but since I've given four times and had twins, <laughs> these wow. couples just want babies, and I just I wish I can give them all all the time. Yeah. But um, so I have one lined up. I believe it's September-ish. Oh, cool. So hopefully we'll see you in our office yes, in September. Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. Now you won't have four girls. You'll probably have like five or six of us going over there, I backing so. you up, backing you up. <laughs> Bringing me food, that's yeah. all I care. We'll bring you all kind of, maybe in and out is that something? Yeah. That's what Holly got me for. Oh, did she? <laughs> God bless. That's awesome, see? And that's what you miss when you're on the island. I yes. used to live on yes. here. It was like two things I missed. One you was know? real Mexican food. I found one. Oh, did you? I found one, but it's it's not as good as back home. Oh yeah, that's what see. I I miss it. See, yeah, you miss good Mexican food, and then you miss In-N-Out. In -out. Yeah, mm -hmm. so those are the ones where I was like, so sad. But the view is not that bad. No, so. no, it's a switch. It's a <laughs> trade-off. My balance is okay. Yeah, it's a good trade-off. So now we're gonna we're gonna go back, and we're gonna go back to Chula Vista, and then uh, you're gonna be here in in this beautiful location, <laughs> enjoying your life. So 
It's not You're a bad place anytime. to be. You're welcome anytime. Trust us, we're coming back in June. <laughs> okay, we'll see you in June. So, so we'll stop by and say hi. Maybe Perfect. we'll bring some in and out for you or something. I would in love a nice you forever. Little cooler. Oh my, my mouth is <laughs> They have um, Seven Brothers. I don't know if you've been there. No. Try that out. Seven okay. Brothers. It's okay. not in and out but it is a yeah, good, yeah, nice yeah, burger joint. Enough. Yeah, it's a cool place. So we usually I go will. there. But anyhow, just wanted to say thank you so much again for, for being here, for being a part of uh, our podcast and a part of the video. For those of you listening on the podcast, we are filming this on location in Oahu, and we are filming it on video. Uh, so if you get a chance, go on our website, go on our Facebook, check out Twin. Brittany, and uh, she's an awesome person. You'll see what you hear on the radio. Um, she's an amazing person, so check it out. And again, Brittany, thank you so much thank for being you, a part man. of this. Thank you. All righty. Thank you for listening to the Building Families podcast with Damien Omeda. Visit surrogatealternatives.com for links on everything we talked about, as well as archives, videos, and resources on how you too can start your own journey. Join us next time for another edition of Building Families. Thank you.